You are listening to the Female Factor Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Female Factor Podcast, where we have inspiring conversations with young women. I'm your host, Shreya, and I'm so excited to have an amazing and accomplished guest on the podcast today, Alicia Tang. She is an award-winning writer and is currently a first-year student at the Medill School of Journalism at Northwestern University. Hi, Alicia. I'm so excited to have you today on the podcast. Could you let everyone know a little bit more about who you are and what you like to do? Yeah, of course. Um, I'm very happy to be here, first off. And second off, I love writing. Although I haven't always loved it, when I was in middle school, I was actually not very good at it, and math was my number one subject. So getting here to Northwestern's Medill has been such a great achievement for me personally. And um, in addition to studying journalism here, I'm also reporting for the Northwestern News Network, and also writing for The Daily, which is Northwestern's, Northwestern's newspaper publication. Wow, that's so great. I am very surprised that writing was not always your number one subject because I first met Alicia in my freshman year in high school where she was a senior and she was the editor-in-chief of the school newspaper. So it's so cool that she rose all the way up from math being her favorite subject to now being an amazing writer. So my first question for Alicia is, what inspires your writing? Oh, actually, a lot of things. I do I do two different kinds of writing. You know me for my very editorial, journalistic writing, and that's I, I love that. And what inspires that kind of writing is the people that I meet, and I want to tell stories, and I want to tell their stories. But then I have another side of me. Um, I was also involved in a literary magazine in high school, and I love to write creatively. And what inspires that was probably reading, reading like novels. And um, honestly, sometimes I also draw inspiration from real life when I'm writing poetry or um, when I experience something, or I have a lot of like emotion about something, I like to channel that into poetry. So I see it as a kind of therapeutic outlet, if you will. That's, that's really cool. I mean, honestly, it's so cool to have like two sides of writing that you like to do. Um, because I mean, they're both so different. And like, they both show um, kind of different sides of you um and i was just kind of wondering like what is your favorite piece of writing that you have ever written and why oh that's a, that's a really good question i have not considered that before um i really like um one time I wrote an essay for for AP Lit, and it was called The Cost of Freedom. And it was about, um, I had read a book over the summer, and I wanted to write about 
also like the author's challenges of creating a book that simulated um it was a historical fiction kind of book and it was about a slave a, a person who was a slave and her journey to freedom but it was very metaphysical at the same time so i had a lot of fun exploring all of all of the creative techniques behind his book writing and the best part about the reason why i love that I say so much is because I had so much personal faith and and I had embedded so much creativity into my introduction that even my AP lit teacher was was like, "Whoa, this is so." <laughs> and so I had a lot of confidence in that writing, and I think that's ultimately what makes a good piece of writing to me. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, kind of like building off of um, like your favorite piece of writing. Um, what is your proudest accomplishment? My proudest accomplishment, uh, I think it would be, um, this past spring, I had an internship at the local Tom Paper and Grand Central, and I did it with oh, a yeah. friend. It was a great experience, and I know that you have written an article or two for them as well. I was really proud that I was able to get past that internship, and then I was also offered a summer internship uh, at the paper, and I learned so much from the community and so much about local media and newspaper writing through that internship. So I really, I'm really proud of myself for getting there. Yeah, that's really cool. I mean, like, writing for like any newspaper is like such a great accomplishment, especially a town newspaper like the Greenwich Sentinel, which so many people read. Um, and kind of like switching gears a little bit. Um, I know like a lot of the times like we talk about accomplishments and stuff like that. Um, but I was wondering what is one of the hardest challenges you've had to overcome in your life? In specific regard to writing or overall? Um, I mean, you could give one that's like more specific to writing and then one that's overall. I have, I have one that's an example of a halfway in between, so I'll give that one. Okay. Uh, so, as you know, I'm here studying journalism, and uh, my almost major would have been English, actually, because I love writing. It makes sense. Um, but the hardest part for me, I mean, it's been a, it's been a, a long struggle, but balancing creative writing and journalistic writing that that's that has to be yeah. the hardest for me as a writer because I love and I indulge in both so extensively that it's hard to kind of like switch modes, you know, because mm -hmm. I'm not like I not like a robot. And so when I'm writing, I it's very hard for me to just switch styles. And sometimes, you know, journalistic writing, it really requires very tight, concise sentences to inform the public. And Meanwhile, creative writing requires you to like dig deep into your subconscious, maybe even, and find different ways to express something that has never been seen before. And so it's it's been very tough trying to balance the two. I've ha often had like journalism teachers tell me that I need to tighten up my sentences here or try not to be as academic or creative there. 
Yeah, I get that. I mean, as someone who also likes to write, I love reading fiction just because it's, I don't know, like takes you away from your daily life and it's just a lot more interesting to me. But I love to write more journalistic kind of things, like as you've seen with The Beak. Um, So like sometimes I kind of wish that I could write like a little bit better like in the creative side because I kind of want to create something that's not like kind of like a reproduction of like some like some like factual stuff like I kind of want it to be like uh like an idea that I come up with but I guess yeah what you said is definitely a challenge um so kind of off of that um what is one of the biggest risks that you have taken in throughout high school? Going back to what you said, I, I, I agree that balancing the two styles is very challenging, but I think challenging means it's more thrilling, right? And they're both, the two different styles are very important, and it's not like one supplant the other anytime in the future. So, yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, and what is something challenging you said that I've done in high school? Yeah, what was like... Um one of like the biggest risks that you took in high school and like kind of I want to revise the question a little bit but how did it like kind of change like how did it kind of like change you and make you better I have a really good answer for this one (laughs) freshman year I my friends and I met through a lot of my friends and I met through the k-pop club at school oh my god I I love k-pop yeah, I used to be really into K-pop, um, and I still am to an extent, but I was very into it back in freshman year. And my friends and I had decided to form a dance team, and we were like, why not Why? Why not perform in front of the high school? And we were doing it. We were like, we can, we can do it. We can get the choreography down. And it was, it was hard to do balancing it on top of all of our schoolwork, but we managed it (laughs) and we practiced after school and it was fun. But then when the actual performance came around, we realized that people were not as receptive to K-pop as we thought they were. And so people were like, when we were dancing, people would like throw things and there was just a lot of like, negative commenting on like social media and stuff that I never dealt with before and it was very scary for me as a freshman to see um and yeah so the second year around we were like should we give up but um ultimately we decided against it and I'm so so glad that we did um we performed again we performed Swalla by Lisa and an Everglow song I believe and Nice. Everybody, like a lot of people loved us. And so it was a very meaningful and good experience for me to have in high school to kind of get thicker skin in a way and be more resilient. Wow. I honestly cannot imagine doing that because like, especially as a freshman, like I was a freshman last year and I, I feel like I just couldn't get out of my shell sometimes. And I just wanted to like hide, like, I don't know, like for the listeners, um, like this school, like the school that we both, well, that I go to and that Alicia went to has like 3000 people. So it's, 
I don't know. It's just like really intimidating to have to do that. So it's, I mean, it's great that you did that. And I mean, sometimes I guess like the setbacks kind of lead to like a stronger outcome when you try again. Um, and since the podcast is about um, like females and like feminism, I kind of wanted to ask you a question that kind of ties into that. And it is, how do you define feminism? I define feminism by my personal definition of it would be a, a woman or a man strongly pushing against society's expectations of gender and what a woman should look like and what they should be like. I like your definition because I feel like when people think of feminism, they really only think of women. And I, de- and I definitely think that like the term feminism could be um, broadened a little bit to include things that are just not like, obviously it's about women, but it could be like other people supporting women, not just women supporting women. Um, yeah, so um, kind of like tying back to that, what was a moment that made you proud to be a woman? Mm, yes, so... Economics is a very broadly male-dominated subject, and it's getting less so by the year, but I'm always super proud to be um, a woman pursuing economics. I I love just, I I really like it, and I'm sad that um, it's not always catered towards women all the time and that a lot of the professors and teachers I've had have all been male, but we're changing that and I'm, I'm glad to be part of that change. So you're a woman in STEM and a woman in writing. That is very cool. Um, I guess, yeah, I guess you could consider it that way. Yeah. Um, is there any like specific time that you kind of felt like proud in terms of like economics like were you ever like one of the only like women in the class or was there or was it just like in general like not like having as many female role models to look up to in that sense I think I am proud of that time in high school I know I always I'm always going back to high school but (laughs) I I got a perfect score on the very first quiz in the National Economics Competition. And I was working alongside a team, of course, but the whole competition was, like, it was based upon your individual efforts just as much as your team efforts. So I was very proud about that, and it was a very unexpected result as well. Yeah, wow. That is that is fantastic. Um, and lastly, I would kind of just want to ask you about female role models. Like you mentioned how there are not many um, like women in economics, especially and obviously STEM in general. Um, so who outside of the people that you know personally is your greatest female role model and why? I, I have this one locked and loaded. My favorite, my 
My favorite role model would have to be Lindsay Davis from ABC News. I've watched her broadcast since I was in sixth grade when I was actually just trying to improve my English and my fluency in English. Um, and she just spoke with such eloquence, and I was I, I loved her, and her presence on TV was just so magnetic, and she just presented such a courageous front, and um, in front of everybody when presenting the news that I knew that I wanted to be like her. I didn't know quite then in sixth grade that I wanted to do news anchoring, but at that point is when I started seeing somebody of color on the screen, and mm-hmm. that was so so great for me to see as a child and so she she remains my eternal role model yeah so I just picked up on one thing you said so you said you were improving your fluency in English so I don't I never knew this about you but did you like move from another country when you were I don't know in elementary school So actually, I was born here, but I had spent a lot of time abroad. I spent like one or two years abroad when I was a baby, and my grandparents brought me up, and I love them, but they also speak Chinese, and they don't have any fluency in English. And so in order to communicate with them, I started picking up on Chinese. So Chinese was technically my first language. Most of it I've lost by now, but... Um, my parents weren't all that great at English yet either. So I had learned Chinese first and going to school, elementary school, middle school was primarily where I got my exposure to English. And I learned a lot of English through that. But at the same time, my pronunciation, my writing, my grammar, everything was a little bit off. And I always felt super, super insecure about that. Like, I never felt articulate or eloquent when I was talking. And so watching the news helps me, me with my eloquence and confidence. That was a big part of it. And, yeah, that's, that's how I got where I am now, basically. Wow. So you started off with, like, kind of, I guess, being a little more insecure about the writing and pronunciation and now you are like you're just like you're pursuing writing I mean it's so cool how like sometimes the things we are insecure about or a little unconfident about change us and are actually the things that we take the most pride in when when we learn more about it yeah as I say hard work always pays off Yeah, and with that, um, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Um, I really appreciate everything that you said, and I think we had a deep conversation about like every about a lot of things about K-pop, about writing, about English, um, and I really appreciate this. Is there anything else you would like to say to the audience? Yeah, um, I think it's over said to some extent, but I think you really should believe in yourself and work hard at whatever you want to do, because even if you can't see it now, you will see it at one point in the future. And I want to thank you, Shreya, for having me here and letting me be miscellaneous with you. Yeah, thank you so much. It's nice to talk to you again.